Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Say goodbye to 2022 and say hello 2023. Amen. Are you ready for this to be your best year ever so far? Come on, somebody. So, uh, you know, I'm going to do the main service here uh, in an hour or so, however that flows. But so I've got a, a sermon for us and then a sermon for us. It's like certs. It's two mints in one. Yeah, so this morning will be a great morning. I, I, as we begin a new calendar year, you know, there's different New Year's. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is a new year on the Bible calendar. Uh, January 1st is a new year on the Gregorian calendar. What's not commonly known, did you know that uh, 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 in the Middle Ages... The new year was on uh, Resurrection Day in March, usually in March. And so, yeah, there's been all these different new years through, uh, uh, through history. But we'll take this as a new year, a new beginning with new hopes and dreams and goals and blessings coming our way. And so I thought, well, let's go into 2023 uh, and uh, what I want to do is give you eight core values, uh, eight meaning the number of new beginnings. Somebody ought to name their church new beginnings. But there's, uh, obviously, there's many more than eight core values or eight divine principles. But uh, how many of you want to establish yourself in the will of God for 2023? Well, then there's uh, principles, there's values that uh, you need to uh, look at and make sure that they're working in your life. And, And so... Uh, I want to do this with the background of the Torah study today uh, in Genesis 44 through Genesis 47. And uh, uh, this is where Joseph is now Pharaoh's top assistant. He comes in and saves the day. He's the architect of a grand plan not only to save Egypt, but to save his family, which is destined to become the nation of Israel. And so during this Torah study, you know, you've seen the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, so you know how it all uh, works. Uh, The brothers come, there's a famine, and all the brothers come down. They don't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognizes them, uh, and uh, he... Uh, has forgiven them, but he hasn't forgotten everything, not because he wants retribution or revenge, but he wants to make sure that they've repented. And they've moved on and they feel sorry for their sins and how they've treated uh, him, the family, and especially concerning Benjamin, the youngest. And so he tests the brothers. 
to see if they've changed their ways. Uh, and they never suspected this could be Joseph, but Joseph got this, i got to gauge their heart, see where they're at, and see if there's any good signs that uh, uh, this was the man I used to be, but this is the man God's made me to be. Yeah, and so he orchestrates uh, a very strategic plan that leads to a beautiful family reunion uh, after 20 years. It's been over 20 years now since Joseph was thrown into the pit. He, now he's in the palace, uh, and uh, he brings the family down to Israel or down to Egypt including his daddy, Jacob, who's now very old. Uh, And Jacob and Pharaoh have this real interesting exchange that's uh, accounted uh, for in Genesis 47. Uh, And uh, it's something all the great rabbis talk about. It's a big part of uh, the Torah study. Uh, because, and especially when Pharaoh asks Jacob when he sees him, uh, how many are the years of your life? How many are the years of your life? So it's this question that Pharaoh asks that stimulates a lot of study and commentary on, there's got to be a deeper meaning here. Uh, And the Hebrew Bible actually poses the question a little bit differently. How many are the days of the years of your life? Genesis 47, 8. And uh, all the Jewish scholars agree that it's not so much that Pharaoh is interested in knowing Jacob's actual age. How old are you, Jacob? But rather, you know, he's seen Joseph. Joseph saves the day, right? He's promoted to number two. He knows where Joseph came from, from the pit, (laughs) into the prison, (laughs) and now into the palace. Uh, There's divine favor on him. The Spirit of God is on his life. Pharaoh understands this. So he meets his dad, figuring, okay, Daddy-O, you got to know something here. And, uh, And... the commentators say that Jacob doesn't really look like an old man. It's kind of like my myself. I went to Great Clips the other day to get a haircut, and I asked the gal doing my hair, any bald spots up there? <laughs> a senior citizen wants to know. <laughs> no, you're looking good. Pharaoh sees Jacob, and he doesn't look like an old man who has just barely survived life. Instead, Jacob is radiating uh, the Spirit of God, just like Joseph, and the commentators teach that uh, his appearance was uh, the uh, one of a life that was fully lived. A life that was fully lived. So Pharaoh's really asking, how many days have you actually experienced living? 
as opposed to merely existing. And so I'm reading all of this, and I, uh, I'm reminded of the modern-day quote, it's not the years in your life, but the life in your years that truly count. Amen. Right? Not how old you are. It's what have you done with all of those days, with all of those years? Are you truly living? And look, everybody has their own definitions of what that means, and not everybody can be cookie-cuttered into a one-size-fits-all destiny. But each of us have a unique calling, and hopefully, as we're living this wonderful Christian life, there's some things that are happening that bring fulfillment, that bring reward and satisfaction, a confidence knowing that I'm just not riding this thing out until Jesus comes. (laughs) But I'm living my life under a divine plan, with a divine purpose, and I'm motivated to live for a cause greater than just what I can get on sale at, on Amazon Prime. So you read this, and then it, what this is meant to do is... It's meant to create, the, and it's interesting, on January 1st of all days, uh, what better time when people are thinking of New Year's resolutions and so on. What am I doing to make the years count? Okay, yeah, we need to take vacations, we need to have a breather, we need to get some R&R from time to time, but our life has to be more than just another vacation. Yeah? What am I doing to make the years count? Now, uh, one of the scriptures that comes up in this study, and you can turn over there uh, if you'd like, in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 90, verse 12. And in Psalm 90, verse 12, the psalmist says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So ancient Jewish wisdom, many of the uh, great rabbis have a, a, a similar take on what that scripture's talking about. Rabbi Samson Hirsch from the 19th century, uh, he writes, When one counts by years, one does not reckon any more the days. How old are you? We're counting by the years. But he's saying if you're counting by years, then you may be missing out some of the daily things. You're not counting. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to make the days count. He goes on to say it's only with a few select people that each day is full of importance and is considered by them as having special meaning. It's a great message here. He says a real true human being does not live by years but by days. 
Similarly, in the great psalm of Moses, in which the whole history of the world passes by as in a dream, it says at the end, if even a thousand years of world history means no more than one minute, then a day means nothing. Lord, teach us to count our days. So Pharaoh, he says, is saying this very thing. How many are the days of your life? And in these words, he reveals the deep impression which the whole appearance and dignified behavior of Jacob made on him. He could see something by the look in his face, the look in his eyes, that you're not just hanging on until the end. But you have a purpose, a divine mission, a divine assignment. Must be why there's, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for retire. How do you retire from a divine mission? And so as we're starting the new year, God's saying something through this Torah. It just lines up with the new year. That if we want to experience more of a meaningful life, we need to begin to think about experiencing some meaningful days. Like I said earlier, uh, Christmas is great, but opening a few presents once a year on anniversaries and birthdays and Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, all of that added up, doesn't necessarily add up to a meaningful life. Oh, I got more stuff. Now my life is fulfilled. Spending your whole life buried on a Facebook page isn't necessarily the roadmap, the blueprint to living a life that counts. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing all of that. A lot of us do that just to keep up with our kids and see what they're doing. It's a, a beautiful way to communicate. But that's not necessarily the, uh, the measurement of success. And so, as we mentioned, God has, call, uh, God has called us to have a focus in our lives on things that go beyond stuff. Right, Living in a way where the calling of God is a top priority. It's our primary purpose and it drives us forward. And that's what I think Pharaoh sees in Jacob. Even as an old man, you still have purpose. You haven't cast in your chips. You're not hanging on until the funeral director comes. You may have heard me teach this before. Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens once wrote that the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. A lot of us, the day that we gave our lives to the Lord and made a commitment to serve Jesus Christ and to follow the principles of the Bible, that initiated something in us called purpose. Suddenly, now I know my purpose. And obviously, your purpose continues to grow and develop, and God will add to that. Uh, the main thing is don't bury your talent in the ground. Well, uh, I'm 68, I got an AARP card, a Medicare card, I'm retired now. 
Are you retired too? No, I'm in my prime. Hi, grandson. Guess who has the final say on whether our days and years, obviously the years count, but who has the final say? Really, we do. I mean, God has ordained a blueprint, but it's up to you and I to walk it out. You know, God can have all these promises and plans and beautiful things out there for us, but if we don't get up every day and say, Lord, I'm going to make this day count, then we may miss, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread of wisdom, our daily bread of opportunity, our daily bread of vision, our daily bread of creativity, our daily bread of energy, our daily bread of purpose. Right? That's what being Spirit-filled is for. Are you Spirit-filled, brother? Yeah! What are you doing with your life? Nothing. So what God is saying here is every day is a call to action. Your CTA. In uh, Larry Huck Ministries world, Tamara and I work uh, a lot on communications, messaging, and a big part of all of that comes down to what is your CTA? What is your call to action when you're talking to the community? Because if all someone is doing is gathering information, but never called upon to take another step of faith, then you're just kind of information sharing. Which isn't wrong, but God wants us to be people of action. As uh, our first pastor in Seattle used to say, Our friend Kim here from Seattle will remember this. Our pastor would say, two-thirds of God's name is go. Something to be said about that, right? Let's get going. Let's get doing. When it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. He that talketh by the mile and worketh by the inch needed to be kicketh by the foot. So don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Good concept, right? Judge each day by the seeds you're planting into your life, your family's life, into all the things that God has you setting your hand to. Not not why, well, I'm measuring my life by how many blessings I get or don't get. Wrong concept. How many seeds are you planting? You can count the uh, the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. So plant more seed. So how do you know if you're on the right track? How do you get to that point where uh, people like Pharaoh saw uh, Jacob, where people see you, you're on the right track. You're making a difference. Your life is counting. You're making things count. I can see purpose in your life. I can see on your face that you're not worn out by life. You've got a fresh dose. What did we come to church? To get a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. When's God going to do something? When are you going to do something? 
Get fired up. You should have seen me during the football game last night. Talk about being fired up, right? I understand I can do that, but I also want to be fired up for the things of God. That's why this morning I was up at 4 o'clock on my phone looking at uh, some uh, spiritual things and open my computer and praying and studying and just getting ready for the day. 4 a.m., what the heck are you doing at 4 I'm excited. This is the day the Lord has made. So how do you know you're fulfilling God's will? That you're on the right track? You know, you could answer that many different ways. I I, want to answer it with eight different scriptures. Eight core values. Eight divine principles that keep you grounded, rooted, established in God's will and keep you on the right track. Right? We're going into 2023. It's a a great time to think about these things. It's like the great football coach Vince Lombardi would always say at the beginning of every season, the pre-fall training camp season, Gentlemen, this is a football. (laughs) We don't need to get so fancy. We need to get uh, uh, just, what are the fundamentals? So here are these eight spiritual principles that will keep you grounded in the will of God. Number one, continue to feed on God's Word. Can't cut yourself off from the Word of God. You can't uh, just play Bible roulette. Let the thing fall open and wherever it falls, that will be God's Word for my life. Well, okay, you can do that and it's not wrong to do that. But why not purposefully... Study the Bible. Study the things that are going to help you elevate yourself into a higher level spiritually. So you got to continue to feed on God's Word. What did Jesus say in Matthew 4, 4? You can turn over Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by pizza alone. Must have wrote that in wrong. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. His words are life to our flesh and health to our body. And so we need to feed on God. If if you have that habit, that value, if that principle is real to you, that God's word, that's going to be a big help. That might be the number one thing. Number two, continue to build a spirit of faith. We're all challenged in our faith to believe God despite contrary circumstances. The world out there can sometimes look ugly. Sometimes in our own family things look, oh my gosh, where'd my grandson go? He now knows what OMG means. And say, OMG, and he'll say, Oh my gosh. But we need to have that spirit of faith that believes God despite contrary circumstances. Jesus said in Matthew 21 21, I tell you the truth. 
If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Come on, Lord, build that spirit of faith in our, in our own lives. Amen? Eight values, eight principles that keep you in the will of God. Got to have the Word, got to have faith. Number three, continue to build spiritual vision. It's okay to know what you learned 20, 30 years ago. That's, that's great. But God's doing a new thing too, right? And so we need more vision. Proverbs 29.18 in the complete Jewish Bible says, Without a prophetic vision, people throw off restraint. But he who keeps Torah is happy. Now that's just not talking about sinners. People that reject the Word of God, even in church people reject the Word of God. No one here, of course. We're, we're all near walking on water. Lord, as we go into a new year, may we have prophetic vision for our lives so that we stay on the right path. We make good decisions, quality decisions, using the Word of God and the Holy Spirit as our guide. And that's going to make us happy. Right? Amen. Number four, continue to speak God's Word over your life. Amen? The devil would have us speak every negative thing on an ongoing basis. And uh, it's like, uh, I I think I said this earlier this morning. Remember the dramatics? uh, What you see is what you get. (laughs) What you see. You could really say, what you say is what you get. Now, it just doesn't happen like a genie out of a bottle and all of a sudden, boom, 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 and the dominoes fall. But over time, what you're habitually confessing, we need to make sure that that's the Word of God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Number five, continue to control your thought life. Don't let your mind run wild. Christians gone wild. Don't do that. We need to think about, hey, buddy. We need to control our thought life. Look at Joshua 1.8. We all know that. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Turn and tell somebody, I like it. I like that promise. Mikey likes it. Amen. Meditating in your thoughts. Now, that's what's so good to have good friends that believe like you believe. Uh, because you, you don't get off track and off base thinking about stupid stuff. Amen? Amen? Number six, continue to rid yourself of excess baggage. 
How many people are doing that at the airport this week? <laughs> We've seen pictures, hundreds of bags out of oh, man. Well, in the spirit realm, a lot of times we're still carrying excess baggage and we're paying for it. Have you ever seen somebody at the counter whose bag weighs too much and they've opened up their suitcase right there on the floor of the airport and they're trying to figure out how to lighten the load so their bag can be put on the airplane? Lighten the load spiritually, emotionally, and stop carrying around the same stuff. Even if it's in a Gucci bag, stop carrying that stuff around. <laughs> Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. The sin that so easily trips us up are the things unique to your life. It's like in the movie The Godfather. I watched some of The Godfather over the holidays. Uh, and uh, Michael Corleone, Al Pacino, his, one of his famous lines is, Every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. <laughs> That's the devil using temptation. Now, everybody's temptations usually are different. Some people, it's addiction. It's uh, 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 over this, uh, too much of that. Uh, it's, it's just uh, uh, unique to each individual. You have to recognize what is the thing that I always seemingly have to conquer, the thing that always comes back to vex me. That's the thing in your life that God says, I'll make you an overcomer out of that, but you're going to have to keep fighting the good fight of faith. So rid yourself of excess baggage. Number seven, continue your lifestyle of praise and worship. Who knows how to get the praise on? It's so fun to watch my little grandson get his praise on. He just gets so excited about, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, and renew your strength. He'll work that song to the bone. And he's just not even three. I know y'all, when we get into the main service this morning, you're going to get your praise on. It's 2023. God is doing a new thing. And a lot of the, the good things that are going to manifest will come out of the soil of praise and thanksgiving. So get your praise on. Turn and tell somebody, let's get our praise on. These are these eight spiritual principles. That was seven. Uh, core values. We're going to be praise and worshipers. 
Not just go through the motions. We're going to understand what's excess baggage in our lives. We're going to control our thought life, speak God's word over our life, build spiritual vision in our lives, and build faith and feed on God's word. Those are core values that keep you on track in fulfilling the will of God. Number eight, continue praying in the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Praying in a heavenly prayer language. Amen. Jude 20 talks about uh, praying in the Spirit. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You pray in other tongues. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14 says, When you pray in other tongues, you pray to God, not to men. And you build yourself up, edifying yourself, praying the mysteries of the gospel over your life. There's times you just don't know how to pray. What am I going to pray over this situation, that situation? Pray the perfect prayer. Heavenly language. The language of angels. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So, as Christians, this is, these are our core values. Now, there's others we could fit in there for sure. But uh, these are eight of them. If you get these eight working in 2023, you're definitely going to ground yourself and build yourself to a new level. Amen? Amen? But you got to do it not just once a year or like, well, on Christmas and Easter I do that. <laughs> I'm a C&E Christian. No, I'm, I, I get up every day. How many of you are with me? You get up every single day and you're giving God praise and glory. You're praying, you're worshiping, you're reading and speaking the word. You're, you're getting things stirred up, fanning the flame of righteousness, holiness, and godliness. And God's going to honor that. Amen. And you're going to walk into an incredible future. Amen? So how many of you are ready for 2023 to be your best year ever so far? Well, then give the Lord a praise. woo Hallelujah! Amen.